Welcome back to Cash Color Campus, a high level of conversation. Um, this episode is presented by Jay's Elevation, established in April 20th in Memphis, Tennessee. Jay's Elevation is a small family run urban farm that focuses on providing the best products from seed to experience. Learn more about their amazing products and other services they offer for farmers at jayselevation.com. And this episode is sponsored by 610 Organics, the cannabis inspired clothing and apparel line, 610 Organics and shirts that appeal to the consumer and you. Find out more at 610organics.com. All right, with the, without that, with, 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 with all that said, um, I'd love to introduce y'all to my new to my guest for tonight, uh, my friend Danielle Button. How you doing, Danielle? Hey. I got everybody calling me. <laughs> How are you guys today? <laughs> uh, we're cooling. We're cooling. Clearly, we're not in the studio. We're trying to practice social distancing, and I'm trying to be compliant with everything Keisha been asking us to do. So we're not outside. We're actually doing this live from various locations today. But we're we're, we're honored to have you on. This is going to be our episode for tonight. That's going to air at nine p.m. So thank you for coming through. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. No problem. So I do know a little bit about you, but for those who don't know, um, just state your name and tell us what you do. My name is Danielle Bunton, and I am a hemp grower, processor, and manufacturer, and I also curate my own product line through the products that I grow. Yeah, yeah, she does a lot of amazing work, and I'm pretty sure you got a lot of work done this weekend, um, being that we've all been stuck in the house. How's quarantine life been treating you? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Oh, I'm sorry, I said, how's quarantine life been treating you? Um, quarantine life has actually been super good to us. We were able to pop a lot of seeds, clean up the garden, get different things out. So quarantine has actually been really good to my family and my farm because we really got to get time to focus on what we're going to do hemp wise, but also what we're going to do crop wise. Since it is a shortage, we have truly went back to our farming roots, like really getting ready to put together and put down a real crop to feed ourselves, not only supplying our hemp, but also supplying the different herbs and properties and elements that we need for our everyday life. Okay. So has, has the quarantine upset your business in any way? Um, I'm going to say a lot more people need their medicine. So say that again. Yes, they have been placing larger orders um, because as of right now, they took us back to, um, I guess, the stay at home order. So as you're staying at home, before we had the order, we were able to move around and I was able to do my delivery. So I've just seen a lot of people order a lot of what they normally would. So they would normally do a place of order once a month. And they just went ahead and doubled and tripled their order, not knowing if we were going to be able to come out or not. Oh, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it's been it's, it's one of them situations where nobody was totally prepared, even if you feel like you was prepared. So I can understand people trying to get trying to get as much as they can before they, they, they know whether or not they can get anything again. Yeah, so hopefully that won't happen, that we are not stuck in here for eternity, like I told them. 
but it's good to be prepared yeah. and it really helps us learn for the next I guess apocalypse that hopefully we never see again but this has really made us take a step back and look at how we structure the business and how we can kind of cushion ourselves for pitfalls and different things like this because I mean ultimately we're farm and we have to maintain what we do at all times. So just being abreast of different pandemics, different things and how it affects our crop is kind of what we also took a step back and looked at during this time. Okay. All right. Um, for those who don't know, um, walk us through your, your cannabis experience. Like what was the first time that you ever, that you consumed cannabis? So the first time I've ever consumed cannabis, I was 12 years old, um, a little bit young, I would say, but I was with family. And of course, when your family is sitting around, I have an older brother that I am like, when I was younger, that was like my, my hero. So I was like, I'm going to follow him around and do whatever he does. So it was just really about hanging out with him. <laughs> trying it and really really enjoying it um it was just something that i know most people be like 12 what what but it was just like we were going through a lot of different things at that time and cannabis was like one of those things that allowed me to truly let down anxiety depression and different things and really feel like a person. So it was something really phenomenal to me because I was like, yes, this is a great feeling. Like, oh my God, it's, you love everybody. It's beautiful. It's trees and birds. So it was like, hey, let's do this experiment is kind of what I called it. And then like I tried it at 12, you would do kind of spot cannabis things throughout high school. But once I graduated and moved out of my mom's house, um, I explored cannabis a lot more, exploring, exploring more strains, exploring where they come from, dealing with other, you know, users, and just seeing that it's all different types of cannabis. So it was really just really good that my family was open about it. I got the experience with my family. It was nothing that I felt like I had to run out and sneak and do because it was kind of embedded in us because I mean sometimes it was just how my family talked like they would go roll up hey we finna go talk and it was just something that I never felt was a bad thing okay did you ever look at your consumption but was it more of a recreation thing or I know you mentioned anxiety and, and, and depression was it something that you actually was using for medical purposes as well like I wonder if people rather think about you know especially if you were smoking early why you were doing it well I'm gonna say like being blessed again my family lives in California or they still live in California and my auntie she is a nurse so when she found out the medical properties of us just using it she pushed us more to learn more of the medical properties. But honestly, it was just recreational. They were sitting okay. around, they were using it. And it was like, oh, okay, this is an herb. It smells nice. It gives you happy. And that's where I kind of took it. And then as I went more into college and traveled more and learned like, okay, it's not just this certain type 
of weed. It's not this certain type of cannabis. You can actually mix all of these. Oh, and it's concentrates and you can dab and you can kind of do this with tobacco. So it was just really trying to learn not more of a medicinal way of doing it, but just understanding that this could be something you can use recreationally, but it can be incorporated into your life. So I never honestly focused on the medicinal properties until I got older. Okay. So what's your favorite way to consume? Like, are you a blunt person? You like joints, bongs? So I am most definitely a joint. I mean, J-O-B 1.25. I roll them and I mean, I can just sit and roll. I like the whole, um, I like the smoking. So my biggest habit, of course, in consumption is the smoking, feeling it, smelling it, like touching it, breaking it down. So to me, it's really a good joint. You can back to back them. You can back to back to back to back to back them. But I like the paper aspect of it. Blunts, which is so crazy. I get like my throat starts to close up. So I really can't smoke blunts. I really don't do well doing vapes. Like that whole thing where it kind of cuts your windpipe and all that stuff off. I totally get that if I'm like facing blunts back to back to back. So I really like organic hemp papers. Um, if we're going to do J-O-B 1.25, they're organic. So I'm going to say I'm a much more a joint person than blunts or vapes. Um, I love to dab, right. but I actually like to take the concentrate and roll the concentrate in my joint to close it off. All right, number one, if we ever have you in the studio, we need to have blunt papers. And two, don't smoke with you because you smoke big. <laughs> that's, that's heavy <laughs> no, smoke you're I mean, talking about. I really like the layering. So when you taste the cannabinoids and you taste the flavoring, like a concentrated taste is mm -hmm. different when you have rosin it, and it, you have your keeps and then you have your flower. Then you light it. It's like a total experience versus just saying, okay, we finna roll this blunt. Like I like to give experiences with cannabis now that I've learned more you can do a lot more with it. All right. So we learned a little bit about your weed habits. Um, let's talk about how you got into the business of weed. Um, how did Jay's Elevation start? Like, what was the what idea sparked that sparked you to to make a move and create Jay's Elevation? So Jay's Elevation started. Um, I love cannabis. So as you can see, I started smoking when I was twelve. I have been very engulfed in the cannabis culture since then. Um, and it was just literally being a single mom, having to balance everything. And it was really talking with my dad. Um, Jay's Elevation was born because I was just talking to my father and expressing, like, I'm very interested in getting in this industry. I believe that it's a real industry. How can we do this um, in a cost-effective way? So that's how I really got into the hemp avenue because when I was looking to get medical cannabis, of course, I lived in states that it was not legal. So you just kind of had to find a wraparound. It was like I was guaranteed, like I wanted to get into the industry and I loved cannabis and I love Jay. So as I was forming my company, I was like, Jay's Elevation. So when you start a company pertaining on things you love, you can't fail as much like failure is not as much an option yeah. 
to me when I know my daughter is looking at me. So Jay's Elevation was really born name-wise through my daughter and my love of weed. But the foundation of my company was really kind of founded from my dad. He just really was like, hey, it's many ways you could grow things, but what are you missing in your model? And I was like, well, hey, the cheapest barrier of entry, of course, is processing and not a lot of people do it. So he was like, yeah, you can get everybody to come and fly that crop into you and you can process it and you can send it back to them. And I was like, that was genius. So the processing aspect of my company totally came from my dad just really digging into the industry and us seeing where a gap was. So we looked at it. I really learned um, what different methods of extraction that you could use, um, budgeted out how much I could spend on my equipment and really went from there and really got super deep into learning the craft of growing, the craft of processing and manufacturing good products that people continuously like. Because a lot of times with CBD products and hemp products, a lot of people just take the concept of, hey, this is one cannabinoid that's supposed to work. But really learning, like if you put this one and this one together, you could get a lot more out of your materials, your processing, and also making your customers happy. Yeah. You know what? And, and it's not like you just had a, a thought to your mind and said, I'm going to jump into and I'm going to really start learning to the sciences of cannabis. You actually have a background in, in, in agri you have a background in that as well. Don't you? As, as far as going to school, like I've, you learned about this already, like way early before you got into the actual putting your hands into the weed part of the world. Yes. So I went to t Tennessee State University and got certified through their new Farmers Academy. Um, and we took a whole seven, eight months of going to different farms and learning a lot of the actual planning and bringing an actual crop to harvest. Because a lot of times you jump in and you're like, yes, I'm going to grow this. I, oh, it's, it's weed. It's easy. But it's actually not. Like, it's diseases out here. And if you're growing outside versus inside, what are the things that you're going to face? So... I always recommend if you're going to grow, really learn about your product because that's what you sell. Like if you got a crappy product, your product's going to be crappy. So learning proper techniques. And also I went to school to learn how to process. So growing and processing was not something I just automatically knew. I didn't come out the gate knowing it. I did go to school get certifications and certificates and learn and really learn the craft in the industry before just truly drunk jumping in there. All right. And I know you offer several levels of, of services through Jay's Elevation, um, from consulting to um, processing. Speak to us about each level and, 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 and speak to us about each level that Jay, that Jade actually brings to say a client or a customer. So, um, with our different levels of service, we go through almost the vertical integration of it. So we provide services to farmers, to the processors, to commercial businesses, to retailers, all doing that based on how they interact with us. Um, being vertically integrated allow, allows us to be able to treat a customer from start to finish, but also break the different components of our business down for customers who need it. So I may deal with a farmer who has a 125 acre farm, 
not really saying, hey, I'm going to process your material, but they'll call me and say, hey, what strains are good? What would you want to see grown? Or what are the trends in this particular area to grow? So on helping farmers, I more so go to their land, really lay out like, hey, if you're growing this, this is very beneficial to him. But if it's not, here are other grains or other strains that you can do. Like it's more than just growing for cannabinoids. You can grow for fiber. You can use it for biofuel. You can do different things. So when you're dealing with the consultation part with farmers, it's really breaking down how this crop can benefit their already, like what they already have. Because a lot of farmers jump into it and they were like apple farmers or they have a banana field or something to that gist. And it really is about going in for consultation, helping them understand the crop. And then as we transcend to them getting the crop to harvest, explaining to them how they're going to process it and manufacture it. So with the farmers, we really work on really working with their model. With processors, we work on really helping them understand solventless extraction because that's what we focus on most in our company. A lot of companies do different levels of extraction. Um, all extractions affect you in different ways. So when we work with processors, we actually work with them on developing processes. So how would you extract the cannabinoids? What are you going to do with the finished material? How are you going to pass that on to continue to gain funds from your crop? And then also with retailers, we do white labeling and private labeling where we really work and develop their product line for them inside their store and help them grow. So as being vertically integrated as I love to be, it allows us to break down each part of our system and really hand that out to the customer or give them something from start to finish and they know exactly where it's coming from. Yeah, I think it's super important that you are doing what you're doing. And I think it primarily because it helps more people of color look past just looking into cannabis and looking at the actual benefits of hemp from several levels, but definitely on the business side. And I feel like um, agriculture is in our culture, you know, and I think that a big part of us going back to that would be learning more about hemp. Um, do you feel like you are a role model in that way that you can br help bring other other people of color into this space and get us more back to a growing kind of a culture? I think I can be a very good role model but I also like that people are willing to ask questions um, through diversity and understanding the crop because a lot of our color minorities we have been kind of sideswiped with this industry saying hey I did this 10 years ago, but now it's legal for you to do it. And I probably went to jail for it. So to me, it's more so like just really being a face of positivity when it comes to the industry, because a lot of times we're scared to even talk to people in it. So really just more, not even being a role model, but being able to mentor, being able to have people believe in themselves. Because when I go places, a lot of times it's when I first went, it was just me. Like I was an anomaly. Like people came to my table because I was a black woman in cannabis and I owned the company and I wasn't just working there. 
that was why everybody came my first expo it was not because of my products it was not because i was an amazing person it was truly because i was, was the only black person there and as i saw more and more people mm -hmm. want to get into it it was always that they were scared to be the only person so to me i can just say that I just wasn't afraid to be by myself. And and that's what I really want to push people because even as this opens up and as open as you believe Hempy is, oh, it's, it's legal in all states, but you very rarely see a Black-owned cannabis company beyond celebrities and athletes and rich people. So just yeah. being a normal person who took their savings to start a cannabis company and really be able to still maintain it. I would say I'm a role model, but I also just want to push people to do it. Like be better than me. If you need my help, reach out to me, but it's never a competition because I want them to know it's so much room for us. So come on in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know you had to have some more, some some more support, and it was great that your family was behind you. And I know that you're also part of Normal um, down in, down in Memphis. How important is it to have that type of structure of people around you when it comes to building up a business? The best thing about having people who believe in what you do and people to support this weird, crazy industry that you love is that you always got somebody to fall back on, no matter how stressful or no matter the obstacles, because in cannabis, it is a million obstacles. Like you're stressed out every day trying to balance a legitimate business, but also the loopholes of federal policies and all of that. So it does get stressful, but having people to have your back and really see and motivate you and when you're down and out, I think that's the best thing. Like my normal friends, we lobby, go we reach out to different congress people and really fight the fight in memphis to push our beliefs and it's always good to have a group of women all of us are single mothers or mothers that have kids that are school age or a little bit older so my normal family really helped me in the cannabis aspects of this because in tennessee hemp is very popular but when you also support hemp and cannabis people really look at you like oh you're not you're not as medical and then i have to explain to them like hemp is cannabis ultimately the next step you're going to do is just raise the thc level on your hemp so really going and lobbying and having strong women support me i think is the biggest thing with my normal family and my family just support yeah. me i have a lot of women in my family so for them to support me and believe in what I'm doing, it means a lot to me. All right. And I know I like how you, you, your company's named after your daughter. And it's not so much to her. You actually have her almost like part of the business. Um, was it important for you to try to introduce your, your daughter to the world that you're working in now? Um, you know, especially being that she's part of a culture that's going to, this is what she's going to know. Yes, yes, she will very much know um, about cannabis. So she is, she knows terms, she knows everything. And the thing about my daughter and cannabis and the reason why she was even the name of my company is because when I smoked, I would never smoke around her, but I would always smoke in an area that was closed. So you could always smell 
what I smoked. And every time she walked in, and I can say one time it was some bad, it was bad. She was like, oh my God, this is, this just smells disgusting. And I was like, what, how do you even, you know what I'm saying? How would you equate that to a disgusting smell? So I was like, okay, I smoked some better and better. And every time it was better, she was like, that smells good. That smells good. Oh, 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 yes, mama, that really smells good. <laughs> so it was like, okay, you understand what I'm doing. You don't know technically what I'm doing. But you can tell if it's bad or you can tell if it's a higher quality. And as I got to, like, really studying and reading, I was like, okay, these smells are some are terpenes. This can help her do this, this, and this. So then once we kind of got into the processing aspect, she was like, hey, I want to help. And I was like, a lot of people really like turned their eye at me when I introduced her or put her in some of my videos early on. And that was a little another reason why I kind of took her back from being in so many videos because I didn't want people to judge but to me, she does not know any of the um, harmful aspects of cannabis. Like, she does not know it's weed. She only addresses it as flower. I have pictures of her growing it. And she, like, literally made a video on how much she loves to be outside. And we go through strains. We go through the process of actually, like, bringing them to harvest. So she helps me to pick like, let's just say we grow outside. When you're growing outside, you have to pay special attention to coloration, leaves, diseases, different things like that. So this summer, she spent a lot of time with me, Manny, just bug watch. It was like, okay, we're going to go through all these plants. Do you understand how they're growing? Yes. Do you understand why these holes are in these leaves? And it'll be like simple things like that. So... She knows that bugs are going to get on it, and we have to make sure we maintain that. She understands the pH levels. She understands CBD stands for cannabidiol. And THC is something that we haven't delved into as much as I would like, but she knows all of the properties in it. She does not know the effects of THC because we only let her consume CBD. Um, but as she gets older she's most definitely going to be a big part of growing and adding to everything we do. I applaud that because I think that's really dope to do. You know what I mean? Like she's really of the age where the rest of her life is going to be knowing about cannabis. Cannabis might be totally legal, you know what I'm saying, by the time she's 18. And the fact that she is so well-versed on what's going on now to the point where she can smell whether or not something's good or bad weed is amazing you know <laughs> like you're really setting her up in a good in a good place i feel yes i think i'm setting her up very well and i hope she um she takes heed to knowing what she knows <laughs> yeah she'd be like um she could be like um fake fake watch busters for weed like she really walk in the room and be like ah that ain't good <laughs> point that out quick to somebody Yes, she will most definitely, um, she'll most definitely be, um, she's really learning now getting to breaking down the um, processing part. So she loves making oils and making food out of it. So she has leaned more on my processing as much as I would like her to focus on the botany, but 
as she grows, I do look at her as making her own product line or doing something manufacturing-wise with cannabis. You know, and this leads into my next question, because uh, you actually participated in a story I did about moms who consume. And I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by the fact that women are so open about their consumption, especially mothers nowadays. And I think it's dope. You know, it's not like we didn't grow up knowing that our mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles smoked weed. They just didn't tell us. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't the thing that they wanted to openly speak about. But we're in a space now where, where yeah, moms are more open about their use. And I'll use an example. Like I'm watching the show on, on Hulu, Little, Little Fires Everywhere. And Kerry Washington's character, this is in the night, openly smokes weed and her daughter knows it. And she smokes because it helps her when she works. I was like, that is such a dope narrative. And I love how women like yourself are helping breaking down that stigma. Um, what was it, when, no, what's it like helping, you know, you are part of a new curve, like being a, being a new level of person who's saying, look, this is also part of my lifestyle. So being open about it and allowing people to know that it's a part of my lifestyle has been really relieving. Um, I think more and more women and more and more moms express it because a lot of times you have to hide it. But we sit around with our friends and they're having a glass of wine and we're like, um, can I just go sit outside and roll this joint right quick? And to me, it was just like, That's my before life. I had my kid, I smoked. Like you knew me, and it's kind of bad to say, but you knew me as a smoker. Like me smoking is synonymous with my lifestyle before I had kids. So once I had my child, it allowed me to really be present, and that's what I always tell moms, and that's what any like any mom I ever hold a conversation with about cannabis. We always stress the fact that we can be the most present person there like I am the best mom when it comes to handling situations because I am literally able to sit down and see from almost a child's point of view because you're also and not to say that you're that cannabis alters your mind but sometimes it really helps you open your mind like sometimes I can be working with my daughter and I truly can see her point of view while I'm in the realm of cannabis versus if I have not smoked period or have not consumed, it takes me a lot more time to settle myself, get out of my own way or stop working and stop answering text messages or doing the things that like she told me at one point when you start a business, you're just going, going, going. Can you sit down and be present with me? cool how do you how are you present my most time when I'm present I have consumed and I have a clear mind so I just think like once every lady understood that it was more of a power tool to us like us as moms yes this is our thing I don't have to sit and be skunk drunk I most definitely can sit and relax and microdose throughout the day and still be able to be present so the article and moms in 2020 accepting the lifestyle of cannabis is something I'm very proud to be a part of. I learned a lot myself. Like I really am, I'm loving the fact that this is part of the breaking the stigma, um, part of the narrative of breaking the stigma 
that we're seeing mothers come out and say, this is what I do, you know, and I, and, and it's not something that's, that holds me back as a way. Yes, I agree. I'm very glad and the article was very Plus, inspiring. I'd much rather kick it with somebody who smokes than somebody drinks all day. Awesome. So what's the next, what's the next elevation for Jade's elevation? Like, where are we going to see the company go from here? I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Oh, no problem. I said for Jade's elevation. Like, where are we going to see the company move from, um, from, from, what do you see yourself evolving into? So as we grow and evolve, really, really working on the vertical integration, having every aspect of that layered out from developing a larger farm to moving indoor and having a greenhouse style grow. Also really focusing on processing a lot more material here in the Tennessee area and opening up toll processing for farmers in the area, just so they can uh, be allowed to understand that it's many different ways to extract. Um, so as we push to greatly grow the vertical incorporation of what we have, it's really just growing better, growing more, processing better, and processing more. And really, really focusing on the aspect of driving our brand towards being from seed to experience and not having to really rely on other people to come into our supply chain. Man, you're a future billionaire, man. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Oh, I'm sorry. I said you're a future billionaire. It's dope. To, it's dope to watch this happen. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm watching you morph into like Bill Gates status. <laughs> like, cross, cross my fingers. My daughter would love it if we were like real billionaires. But hopefully, I just want my family to be able <laughs> to survive off of something we love. I feel you, Jade. I mean, I feel you, Dan. Y'all called you Jade. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody calls me Jade. It's okay. <laughs> Look, well, I appreciate you um doing this abridged episode of our show. Eventually, we are going to get you into the studio because I just feel like to be there. And I'm let us know about your smoking requirement. We need to make sure that paper's there and that um you need to bring your lungs because she knows how to smoke. <laughs> no, she does not. So I appreciate your time today, um, and that's all we need from you. Um, this is Cash Color Campus, a high level of conversation sponsored by Jay's Elevation as well as 610 Organics. Check us out tonight at 9 p.m. Bye, guys.